because I knew very, felt very strongly impressed with the Lord to talk about what we're going to discuss today. But I knew the subject matter that resided in the message and didn't know exactly what kind of ending altar service, exactly how this was going to, to go. So God just sort of put the altar service here and just released me to teach. You all right with that? We, there will be an altar service at the end of the message. We'll have maybe a different vein. Who knows what the Holy Ghost wants to do? But I feel good in the Holy Ghost right now that needs were met in this house today. I believe your need was met. You have faith. I'm standing on your promise, Jesus. If you don't do it today, you're going to do it tomorrow. I got faith. I came in here weary and beat down, but I got, I've been lifted. I've been strengthened. I've, I've already been helped by the Holy Ghost. And so now I want us to just turn our minds. I'm going to need your minds. I need us to turn our hearts, our minds to the word. Lord, I would ask, before you're seated, I would ask that for the next few moments, if we would take all thoughts captive, let's not think about anything else, let's take all thoughts captive and just focus our spirits and our minds, our hearts upon the word of the Lord. I believe there's going to be some great things that happen in individuals' lives in the course of this message and at the end of this message as you respond to it that is going to absolutely change some people in this room. I'm not necessarily talking about change as in salvation I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking to church folks. There's going to be some serious change that happens to those of us in this room who will give ear to what the word of the Lord is about to say in this room. If you believe that, say amen. amen. The spirit of the Lord is here. I feel like we are plugged into the moving of his spirit. You may be seated. <clears throat> Will you just give me liberty today? You always do. We once again turn our hearts and our minds towards this great and glorious revelation that's referred to in Scripture as the body of Christ. So I'm going to say the body of Christ. Very quickly, for those who might not have been here these last few weeks, we just want you to know that God has been speaking very strongly to us. Concerning his desire for the body to minister to the body. If you consider this your home church, if you've missed any portion of the last several services, you make sure that you get the copies of those services in order to understand what the Spirit is saying. As of right now, I believe there's going to be a time of releasing in this church to minister one to another like we've never ministered one to another before. I feel very impressed as we get into the week and as I pray and seek the face of God concerning 
next Sunday's messages, the Holy Ghost might tweak it a little bit, but as of right now, I feel very strongly impressed that this next coming Sunday, a week from today, there is going to be a powerful release in this place, collectively. For through this whole journey, we have seen God working his work in us and through us, and we've seen that he has done it according to his word, line upon line, and here a little and there a little. There was no way that he could just give us all of this at once because we, we couldn't handle it. But he began to build and to structure his purpose and his plan for us as a body of believers. And there was no way that there could be a time of releasing until we first understood what it was and why it was we were being released and what, we're, what we were being released to do. You couldn't just say, okay, I release you into ministry. And you're like, well, as a body, we're saying, well, I don't know what that even means. What does it look like to be released? Why are you even releases? What am I supposed to do once I'm released? And so God began to talk to us these last several services. And I believe if the Holy Ghost so orders that there's going to be a releasing service next Sunday, and during that service, we're going to witness the Lord releasing us to minister to the body. We're going to witness spiritual authority releasing us to minister to the body. And we're going to witness the body releasing us to minister to the body. I absolutely believe that there's going to be something that is released in this house next Sunday that's going to cause this church to never be. Many in this room are going to get marching orders from heaven concerning what your roles are in ministering to the body. Many in this room are going to feel in your spirit that there is, you might already be feeling it, but it's not clear. But you're going to feel that there is a door going to be open to you that has been previously shut. It's going to be the Holy Ghost prompting you. It is going to be the Holy Ghost releasing you to begin ministering in the God-called purpose that he has called you to fulfill. So I said all that to say, if you call this your home church and you're a part of the body of Christ and you want to be plugged into what God is doing, you want to absolutely be here next Sunday. And you want to be praying this week and asking God in your prayer time to just talk to you and talk to us as a people and that his will would be accomplished. Pray for pastor that I would hear the voice of the Lord. He's already begun giving me instruction about next Sunday, but I just want to be sensitive to the voice of God in order to be the mouthpiece that God needs to deliver his word next Sunday. But here's what the Holy Ghost spoke to me about concerning today. Because that's next Sunday and today is today. For as I was thinking and praying about this, this great releasing service, and I was all geared up for it, Brother Myron, and I was thinking about it, and I was studying about it, and I was... Just going after this great releasing, this time of releasing as, as a collective body. I felt a strong, strong check in my spirit that we just weren't quite there yet. And that's why it's going to happen next Sunday and not today. For I felt strongly impressed of the Holy Ghost to address the issue. I was going to teach, talk. Felt very strongly impressed with the Holy Ghost to address the issue that it doesn't really matter if God releases you into ministry. And it doesn't really matter if spiritual authority releases you into ministry. And it does not even matter if the body releases you into ministry. 
For if you don't first release yourself into ministry, then none of those other things are even going to matter. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me regarding this service today and said, before we can have next Sunday, we've got to have this Sunday. And before I can have you preach what I'm going to have you preach next Sunday, I've got to have you preach what I want you to preach this Sunday. For before there can ever be a public release, there must first be a personal release. And before God or anyone else can release us into ministry that we've been called to do, we must first be willing to release ourselves into all that God has called us to do. I want us to pray, and we're going to get into this today. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you right now. We pray that your spirit would be felt in this room. We pray that you would talk to hearts, talk to my heart, talk to my heart. Give revelation, give understanding. I come against every bit of distraction. I pray that there would just be a spirit and a liberty to receive your word. I pray that a spirit of revelation would flow upon this house. I pray that there would be a, pray that there would be a spirit of honesty that would flow upon this house. I pray that there would be nothing to distract our minds and our spirits from understanding clearly what you are trying to say. Somebody said, Amen. <clears throat> I turn your attention to the third chapter of the book of Exodus. Third chapter of the book of Exodus. For it's here that we find Moses. He's tending the sheep for his father. Father-in-law Jethro, he's tending the sheep. And it's while he's tending these sheep. I need your minds, please, today. Think with me. He's tending these sheep. We pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. Now Moses <clears throat> kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, and he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why this bush is not burnt. So here we have Moses and, and he's just tending the sheep like he's done every day. And oh, years he's been tending the sheep along the same paths and along the same countryside. He knows it all like the back of his hand, no doubt. And he's just going about his routine, going about his natural day-to-day -day existence. And all of a sudden he looks and he sees this bush that is on fire. But it's not being consumed. And the Bible says that the spectacle of this miraculous event so intrigued him as to cause him to turn aside from that which he was previously doing so that he could get a closer look at this supernatural occurrence. Then the Bible goes on and tells us this, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4. Pay attention very closely when it says, And when the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside to see, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. 
Notice, notice now. It was only when the Lord saw that Moses was interested in the supernatural event that he was able to begin speaking to him and having conversation with him. It was only when the Lord saw that Moses took notice of this miraculous and marvelous encounter that the Lord then began to speak to him out of the midst of that burning bush. Are you with me? Now, keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind as we move to the next part of the story. For God continues to have this conversation with Moses. And and he says this in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. He says, there's there's an issue with the body. There's a problem with my people. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. Understand the children of Israel were now in Egyptian bondage. And they're crying out because the taskmasters were being so cruel to them. And so they're crying out to God. Saying, God, help us. God, do something. We've been in bondage for years. We need you to deliver us. And God speaks to Moses and said, I've seen the affliction of my people. I know what they're going through. I've heard their cries for I know their sorrows. Verse 8. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, verse 9, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Then he gets down to serious matters and he says in verse 10, Moses... Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. You see, it was just a conversation between Moses and God. Moses just got some sheep. He's just having his going about his little day today routine, and, and God shows up and starts talking to him about the children of Israel being in bondage, and they've been there for hundreds of years. And the taskmasters, I can just see Moses, man, oh God, that's terrible, Lord. Oh, Canaan land, milk flowing with milk and honey. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden God stops and says, Moses, I want you to come on because I'm going to send you unto Pharaoh. That thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Put yourself in his shoes. It was just a good conversation with God. Now all of a sudden he's got you standing before the most powerful man in the entire world, to bring out two to three million people. So we see that the Lord begins to tell Moses about the needs that were in the lives of his people. And he begins to tell Moses about all of these great and glorious plans that he has for his people. He's telling him about the Canaan land and milk and honey and all these, his plans and his purposes for what he's going to do. And then he turns to Moses and informs him that it is his desire to use him to accomplish his purpose. I need to stop for just a moment in order to tell this church this point. God always uses people to perform His purpose. Could God, Brother George back in the sound room, love you man. Could God have just came down and flicked Pharaoh off the earth? Absolutely. And delivered all the people. And he could have made all those Egyptians be, you know, stone still. They couldn't move. And all the Israelites just walked right by him and went on right out. Waved to him as they went. Could he have done that? 
Absolutely. But he doesn't do it like that. God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. But he uses people to accomplish his purpose. And what we've been learning the last few weeks is that his plan and his purpose for meeting the needs of his people was for the body to minister to the body. That's his purpose. That's his plan. That's what he has established. And the only way that plan is going to work fully is if he is able to use people to do it. For God always uses people to perform his purpose. I thank God the last couple couple days, sister, don't want to embarrass you, but sister Linda has been sending us some nice cards, and I know she loves me pointing her out in front of everybody. So some nice cards strengthened me, sister Vivian, sent us, me and my wife, some cards and strengthened me. Now listen, let me tell you something. Could God have sent me a card? He just create the greatest card that ever existed and made it magically appear in my my mailbox? Could he have done it? Sure. Is he going to do it? Probably not. He's going to use Sister Linda and he's going to use Sister Vivian. Did I get strengthened from that? Was I ministered to because of that, my wife and I? Absolutely. God had a purpose and a plan to minister to me and to strengthen me and my wife, but he didn't put the card in the mailbox. He used people. Hallelujah. Could God make the meatloaf? And cause it to miraculously appear on a table of somebody who just had surgery to feed their family? Absolutely. And you better believe it would be the best meatloaf ever. And you better believe it wouldn't have ketchup on it. It would have barbecue sauce on it. I can't get no help up in here. But he doesn't do that. Could he do it? Absolutely. But when God has a purpose and when God has a plan to fulfill, to strengthen and minister to the needs of the people, he uses people to accomplish his purpose. What I'm trying to tell us here today is this is why we need everybody. Because he's going to use people to accomplish his purpose. Now the second point I need to bring out quickly for your consideration is this. Hopefully you still had what we talked about in your mind. For God obviously saw the need that was in the lives of the people. He said, I know what's going on down there. I heard their cries. I've, I've, seen, their, I've seen how terrible what, what they're going through is. And he had heard their cries and petitions and prayers. But, but not only did he know what, his, what their problem was, he already knew what the solution was going to be. For when God does a thing, Brother Tony, when God does a thing, He does it from the end to the beginning. When God works, He doesn't work like we work from beginning to end. He works from end to the beginning. He knows what the solution is before we even know what the problem is. So I just don't know if God knows what I'm going through. Listen, before you even knew what you were going through, God already had the fix before you even got down to pray the first prayer of what you needed, God already knew what the solution was. And so he, so not only did he know what the problem was, but he already had the solution all worked out. For notice, he was already talking to Moses about a Canaan land. 
He was already talking to Moses about the promised land. He was already talking to Moses, Moses about, I'm going to bring those people out. And I'm going to take them over here, the land of all those Hizzites and all the Itites. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. He already had it figured out. He already had it worked out. He already knew what he was going to do. And he knew the solution. But here, listen, listen. This is where I need your minds. He knew that the solution to getting the people where they were to where he wanted them to be was going to involve the miraculous and the supernatural. Because supernatural things were going to have to take place in order for them to be uh, taken from where they are to where God purposed for them to be. For God in his foreknowledge, since he had already worked out the solution, he knew what it was going to take to get there. In his foreknowledge and in his mind, he knew what it was, that it was going to be the supernatural plagues that were released into Egypt that was going to eventually allow the Egyptians to release the Israelites. Supernatural plagues. And God in his foreknowledge and because he had already fixed it and found out the solution, he knew that in order to accomplish what he was going to accomplish, that there would be a moment when the Red Sea was going to have to part in two. He already had that all worked out. And then he had it all worked out that they were going to get hungry and there's two or three million of them and there's not that many McDonald's out there. And so he already had it worked out where there's going to be some manna that was falling from heaven. And he already had it worked out where their clothes would never wear out. And it, they would never get small. Did you know that? They were wandering around for quite some time. And, I mean, you got, if you got kids, you know, some of them, when they get those growing spurts, those clothes never, they were walking around with the, the high waters. I mean, the clothes fit perfect. Didn't matter how long they'd been out there. And the clothes never wore out. <laughs> and God knew in his foreknowledge that, that there was going to be water coming out of rocks. Supernaturally coming out of rocks. And he knew there was going to be pillars of cloud leading the people by day and pillars of fire supernaturally, miraculously leading them by night. So the Lord knew that whoever... Hear me, whoever he was going to use in order to bring about his plan had to be interested in and attentive to and attracted to the supernatural. Because it was going to take the supernatural to meet the needs of the people. So what does he do? He sets a bush on fire and sees if Moses is interested in it. He watches. I, I, it says, and, and God saw that Moses turned aside to look at the bush. You know what that lets me know? That lets me know that God was watching. And he watched him. He's coming down the trail and he's got all the sheep behind him. And he's got, you know, he's singing whatever, doing whatever. And God's sitting there watching him. All right. He's getting closer. All right. He's at the spot. What's he going to do? Is he going to be interested in the supernatural? And the moment that God saw that Moses turned aside to see the burning bush was the moment that God knew he could use him for his purpose 
to minister to the people. I said all of that to say this. God is going to use us to minister to the body in the areas in which we are interested. He's going to use us in those areas that we seem to already be burdened for. He's going to use us in those areas, hear me, that we're constantly looking at and wondering why that need isn't being met. Whose job is that? Why isn't somebody taking care of that? It's just possible the reason why you notice it is because you're interested in it. And the reason you're interested in it, and when God sees that you're interested in it, he's going to start talking to you. Everybody else might not even notice the need. The need in the body. Everybody else might not even notice the need in the body, but you see it. And you are drawn to it. And it intrigues you. And it interests you. And you want to get closer to it. In order to check it out and see what it's all about. This need that is in the body. Whether it be a person or a place. You just feel a drawing to that person. Or you just feel a, 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 com, a compulsion to, to talk to that person. Or see what their need is all about. Am, am I making sense today? You just, you just feel that. You're just drawn to that, that particular need that is in the body of Christ. And the moment that God sees your interest about a certain need in the body is the moment that he'll begin speaking to you and revealing to you how great that need really is. And that it is his will for you to be the one that he uses to minister to the body in that particular area. Some of us are going to have a aha moment. Because some of us are going to say, well, this need, this, I mean, I just, there's this need in the church, or I just don't know what, so-and-so's got this, and so-and-so's got this, or this, the building, or whatever, and I just, I, you know, somebody, somebody should really be doing this. Somebody should really be taking care of this. Somebody should really be handling this. And all of a sudden, God's going to speak, and he's going he's to say, hello, I want you to do it. And you thought it was just a conversation between you and God about some other issue in the body, but all of a sudden God's going to speak and say, no, Moses, I want you to do it. Somebody said, amen. amen. So we see that in order for this whole process to work, work out, and in order for the body to truly begin ministering to the body, it is going to take everyone in this room, hear me, it is going to take everyone in this room getting interested in and being moved by the needs in the church. And you see, when God has a plan, he's, he, he does it perfectly. So all of us are not going to focus on the same needs. He, he created us all differently. We all have different passions and likes and abilities. And, and, and we're going to be attracted to the things that are closest to us. Or, or things that we have in and of ourselves the ability to, to mend. Or things uh, that we have gone through. 
I've never gone through some of the things that, that you've gone through and you've gone through and you've gone through. And so, so those things might not attract me. The needs of others in that particular area might not attract me to them. But they'll attract you. Am I making sense? And you'll be compelled to minister to somebody like that. I, I mean, believe it or not, I've never been a single mom. Really. I thank God for our single moms in here that, that man, you talk about strength and raising a family in the house of God and doing all that stuff. I, I applaud them today. But let me just tell you something. There is no way I could minister to a single mom on the same level that Sister Tina can or whoever else in the church can. I can't. And there are things. Can I just use you? There are things. Put you on the spot there. I mean, pretty much had to say yes, didn't you? And, and I can almost guarantee it because I've had conversation with Sister Tina. And, and, and there, there, there are things when, when she sees single moms, there's something in her heart. She's interested in it. It intrigues her. She's, there's a calling between her and that, that single mom that I will never have. This is what we're talking about. There are things in all of our lives because of our past or because of our upbringing or because of our, our, our passions or our likes or our, or our circumstances in life because of, because of everything that we deal with and everything that goes on of who we are. We're going to be drawn to the needs of the body in different ways and that's the way God set it up because if we weren't like that then we all might just be drawn to the same thing and 99% of the other needs would be uh, unmet. But God knows what he's doing. He's got a body. He puts us all, he fitly frames us all together. We talked about us being a, a puzzle piece. He knows what the body needs. And so he puts us in the particular place because he knows that we're going to be drawn to something that somebody else isn't going to be drawn to. And if we all are drawn to different needs, all the needs will be met. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. But here's what we have to understand. If Moses would have just kept on going about his own day, if Moses would have just been kept, kept on just going about his business, watching the sheep like he did every day. Come on, let's go. I did this yesterday, I'll do it tomorrow. My little routine, my little day-to-day -day living. Hear me. He would have missed the purpose for his entire life. Let me speak right now on the Holy Ghost. You want to know what your purpose for life is? Your purpose for life is to fulfill your place in the body of Christ. I'm all for education. I'm all for people. I want, I want, I want you to be successful. And bless the church when you are successful. We can build that building. I want you to, I'm all for that. But the purpose for your life was not a degree, was not more money in a bank account, was not a bigger house, bigger car, was not people would look at you and give you honor and prestige. No, your purpose. I just don't know what my purpose is. I just don't know what my, why am I even here? Your purpose was to fulfill a particular role as the member of the body of Christ. 
But if we're not careful, we can just get into a routine and a rut where we just come to church and go about our lives and work our jobs and pay our bills and do what we do day after day after day after day and miss, miss, and miss the real purpose. The church is just something we do on Sundays and church is just something we do every other Thursday. <laughs> Church is just, you know, this is just somewhere we go. Yeah, that's my church. I'm a part of that body. But it just, you know, I, I, I do this and I do this and I do all my other stuff. And I got all my other interests and all that kind of stuff. And this, this body of Christ stuff, that's just one of my interests. It's just one of the things that I do. And God is saying, if that's the way you think, you're going to miss the whole point of everything. He's saying, he's asking the question in this room today is, will you be willing to turn aside from your day-to-day -day routine in order to start getting interested in a particular need that is present in the body? Will you be interested enough and intrigued enough and burdened enough by the needs that are in the body that it will cause you to, to stop just doing our day-to-day -day stuff that we always do in order to start meeting some needs. Well, I got this, and I got this thing, and I, well, I'm a part of this group, and I'm a part of this, and I go here, and I do this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that. What the Holy Ghost is talking about is, would you be willing to stop long enough in the midst of all of those things that don't really matter as much in order to be burdened and intrigued by a need that is in the body. Because if you are, God says, then I can start talking to you. If you are, I can start talking to you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said amen. So now, we've established the fact that there was a need in the lives of the people of God. Moses, there's a need. And we've established the fact that Moses was interested in the very things that were needed in order to meet those needs. And therefore, God began to call him and he began to say, you're the one that I want to work through. You're the one I want to work through. You're the one I want to work through in order to minister to the people. But Moses had the same problem, and now we get to the crux of the matter today. Moses had the same problem that many of us in this room have. And that is that he was unwilling to release himself to do what God had called him to do. Watch, Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. Exodus 3, 10. God speaking. Come now. Not next week, Moses. Not next month. I want you to do it now. You're ready now. I'm calling you now. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Come on, let's do this thing. I've talked to you. I've had a conversation with you. I told you what the need was. I told you that you were the one that I wanted to do it. You're the one I picked. So let's do this thing. Let's go. Let's. Verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? 
Who am I? Notice, the Lord knew. The Lord knew that Moses was ready to do what he called him to do, and the Lord was releasing him to accomplish it, but Moses refused to release himself. The Lord was ready to release him. The Lord was ready for him to do it, but Moses refused to release himself. And here's why. For look again at what Moses says, Exodus 3.11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? The first thing that has to be overcome, hear me right now. The first thing that has to be overcome if we're ever going to release ourselves into the ministry that God has called us to fulfill in the body of Christ is that we have to stop looking at our own personal abilities, our own personal talents, our own personal strengths in order to then come to a decision for whether or not we can do what God has called us to do. For here's what happens. This is what Moses said. God said, I want you to do it. And he turns introspective. And he begins to look at what he had. Can I? Can I? Can I? For you see, here's what happens. You and I, we see the need that's in the body. We see the need. Moses saw the need. You're burdened by the need. You see the need? You're burdened by the need. And because you're burdened by the need, God begins to speak to you. And you begin to hear the voice of God telling you, I want you to meet that need. But then you start again turning introspective looks upon your own life. And you begin to remember all of your inadequacies. And hear me, you begin to, you begin to think about all of your weaknesses. And you begin to think about all of your shortcomings. And you begin to think about all of the things that you seemingly don't think you have. And you allow all of those things to keep you from doing what you know God has called you to do. And God knew that the tendency that Moses had was the same tendency that all of us in this room have from time to time. So the Lord speaks these words to Moses. Exodus 3 and 12. This was his response to what Moses said. And he said, certainly, I will be with thee. Somebody say, certainly. certainly. God says, certainly, I will be with thee. Saint of God, hear me right now. We need to understand that it is not going to be our talents. It is not going to be our abilities. And it is not going to be our strengths that are going to cause the needs to be met that are present in the body of Christ. There is only one thing that can meet the needs that is in the body. And that is the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And therefore God is simply looking for someone that he can move through. And that he can work through through in order to meet the needs of the body. You are allowing, we are allowing our lack seemingly of talent and our lack of abilities and our seemingly lack, seeming lack of strength to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. When the whole time, the only thing God ever needs from you was your compassion for the need. 
and your burden for the need. He didn't say, I'm going to look at Moses and if he has the abilities and if, if he's got the talents and if he's got the skills and if he's got all the right uh, personality traits, uh, then I'll use him. He said, no, no, no. I just want to see, is he intrigued by what I need him to do? Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. He does not need you to be talented. He's pretty talented himself. He doesn't need your strength. He's pretty strong himself. He does not need your abilities. He's got a few abilities of his own. Like creating everything. And tossing the sun and the moon and the stars. But I don't have the abilities. Of course you don't. The only thing that he needs from you is to be burdened enough by the needs that are in the body. For when he sees your burden, he says, I can work through somebody like that. Notice, he said, I can work through. What he's saying is this. I, when I find somebody who's got a burden for the needs that are in the body, I can take all of my power and work it through them. I can take all of my anointing and work it through them. I can take all of my skills and all of my abilities and all of my strength and all of what I can do and I can work it through them. Because at the end of the day, it's God who meets the need. It's not us who meets the need. And therefore, if it's God who's going to meet the need, then he doesn't need us to be talented enough or smart enough or strong enough to meet the need. He just needs us to be burdened enough to meet the need. Because when he sees that, he says, I can take all of what I have and I can work through them. God works not necessarily through talented people. God works through burdened people. And I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. So you need to release yourself from that mindset that you don't have what it takes. Because guess what? You don't. But he does. You need to release yourself from the attitude that you're not capable of doing what God has called you to do because in fact you are not capable. But if you'll have a burden, then God in turn will release all of what he has through you. Somebody needs to release yourself today. So God continues. Is this all right? So God continues talking with Moses. I appreciate you just focusing here and just letting, let, let's let this be the thing today. All day, let's, let's let this be the thing. The word of the Lord that's going forth right now. Let's let this be the most important thing of our day. So God continues talking with Moses and revealing to him all that he's going to do through him and, all, all, and, and that all the things that he wants to accomplish through the life of Moses. 
But then all of a sudden we're met by another thing. And another reason why Moses refuses to release himself. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. Nor will they hearken unto my voice. Somebody say my voice. For they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him what is in thine hand. And he said a rod. And he said cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it up. And it became the rod in his hand again. And he said that they might, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. Do this and they're going to know. Now, now watch, watch. Moses was saying this. Lord, see if this sounds familiar. Lord, these people aren't going to take me seriously. There's the need. I'm burdened by the need. You're calling me to meet the need. But the thing that's stopping me is I'm not, I'm unwilling to release myself to do it because I don't think they're going to take me seriously. They aren't going to listen to what I have to say. And I just wonder how many of us in this room have exempted ourselves from ministering to the body of Christ because we thought they weren't going to take us seriously. And because we thought they weren't going to listen to what we had to say. But look at what the Lord says. This is awesome. Watch what the Lord says. For after Moses speaks of how the people wouldn't listen to his voice, the Lord responds and asks him, what's in your hand? In other words, Moses was concerned about the words that were going to be released from his mouth. But the Lord was concerned about that which was going to be released from his hand. For if all we ever do is just talk about this stuff, no one is ever probably going to be ministered by us. Or moved by what we have to say. But if you'll start allowing your hands to get involved. And if you'll start putting actions behind your words. Then that's when everybody's going to know. The Lord is with them. The Lord was trying to get Moses' attention off of his mouth and onto his hands. He was trying to get Moses to not focus so much on what he said as on what he did. And somebody in this room needs to release yourself from that place where all you do is talk about ministry. I'm trying to be rude, but somebody in this house needs to be, you need to release yourself from that place where all you do is talk about ministry in order to move into that place where you actually get your hands involved in ministry. For the moment you get your hands involved in them is the moment that everybody's going to know God is with them. 
you want to talk about this and talk about this and talk about this, nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to think anything of you. But the moment you get your hands involved is the moment people are going to look at you and say, God, is that's an anointed woman of God right there. That's an anointed man of God right there. When they speak, when they do things, when they minister, I'm going to take notice. and I'm going to, I'm going to release them to minister to me because they got their hands involved. You want people to take you seriously? Then just stop talking about doing something to be a blessing to the body and start actually doing it. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And you never do it. I'm not saying you. Somebody else. You want people to know that God is with you? Then let's stop talking about how we're going to minister to the body. And actually start allowing our hands to minister to the body. You want people to notice that there's an anointing of God on your life? Then just stop talking about what you can do. And stop talking about how spiritual you are. And stop talking about this anointing that God has given you. And stop talking about this call that God has given you. And get your hands involved. And all kinds of people giving themselves titles. I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. Okay. You, you want to you accomplish something in the kingdom of God? You really want to make a difference? Is it about just you and people looking at you because you have some title or you say you have some kind of a special call on your life? Is that what it's about? Or is it about really ministering to the body? Because if it's about really ministering to the body, you're going to do less of this and more of this. Hallelujah. My Bible tells me whatever my hands find to do, do it with all of my might. I got to hurry. I'm teaching long today. Let's just get it out there. It's the elephant in the room. It's out. But Moses, listen, Moses wasn't done giving excuses for why he couldn't release himself to do what God called him to do. For this is what he says next, Exodus 4 and 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither heretofore, I've never been eloquent, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. And if the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh dumb? Or who deaf or seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? He said, I know how you are. I created you. Are you telling me something that you don't think I know? Now therefore, go. Okay, I heard your excuse. Okay, Go. You're letting the excuse stop you, and I'm just saying, well, go. And I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now, we need to remember, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's court. And therefore, we can deduce that he was no doubt trained and taught by the finest teachers of the land. In fact, the Bible says this in Acts chapter 7, verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty... In words. I can't talk. I'm not eloquent. I, no, no, no. And when the Bible talks about him, when the word of God talks about him, it says he's mighty in words. So, so for him to say that he was not eloquent, hear me, and that he was slow of speech was to give us insight that he was probably comparing himself to someone else. 
It's not that the Bible says he's mighty in words. It's not that he was that that he you know he couldn't talk. He was comparing himself to somebody else and saying, I'm not as eloquent as I can't speak as well as oh and so. Somebody out there could probably do a better job at delivering this message that is going to deliver the people of God. So the Lord responds and said, I'm the one that created the mouth. I, I know what's going on. I'll teach you. I'll give you every word that you need to say. Don't worry about it. Go. I called you. But Moses still hadn't released himself. This is what's going on in all of our lives. You know God's been calling. You know God's been dealing with you about ministering to the body. And there's reasons why. I just, I can't do it because. Come on. Let's get honest. We all got our own reason. I hope I'm covering a lot of them here. But if not, you need to ask God to help you with the ones you got. So, so Moses still hadn't released himself to do what God had called him to do. And I'm not going to be much longer. Somebody, somebody can do a better job than me. And the very next words out of out of. The Lord's mouth, or out of Moses' mouth were this, Exodus 4.13. And he said, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Literally what he's saying is this, Lord, why don't you just send someone else to do what you've called me to do? I know there has to be somebody else who can do better than me. So Lord, why don't you just call them? Why don't you just send them? Why don't you just tell them to go talk to Pharaoh and take all care of all this business? Since there's somebody better than me. And look at how the Lord responds. Exodus 4.14. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, watch, this is cool. He said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? And God says, I know that he can speak well. And also behold. Here he comes right now. The Lord was telling. You got to get this. The Lord was telling Moses. That he knew. That Aaron. Was well spoken. And he knew that Aaron was an orator. Not only that. But the Lord goes on to say. Not only is he well spoken. And is he an orator. But guess what. He's here right now. And therefore Aaron. Or therefore God's talking to Moses. Therefore, Moses, if Aaron was the one that God wanted to minister to his people in this way, then he would have chosen him. But he didn't. He chose Moses. Get it. Moses said, I can't talk. I can't talk. I can't can't talk. And God steps on the scene and says, you you know Aaron, uh, your, your brother Aaron? Yeah. And God says, I know he can talk. And he can talk better than you. But I didn't pick him. Yeah, there's a lot of people that can talk better than you. But I didn't pick them. I picked you. Exodus 4.15 And thou shalt speak unto him, Aaron, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Now watch what verse 17, though. He says, watch what verse 17. And But thou, Moses, shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. You know that stuff about the bush? You know all that stuff you were intrigued with? All the stuff that's going to have to happen in order for my people to get to where I want them? All those supernatural occurrences? He said, Aaron can't pick up the rod. 
Only you can pick up the rod. And so he's telling Moses, Moses, I don't mind if you get some assistance from some things uh, that from some people who are passionate in your ministry like you in order to minister to the body. But you're the one who's going to have to take up that rod in your hands and perform or allow me to perform through you all of the great signs and wonders and miracles that it is going to take to bring my people from Egypt to Canaan land. Moses, thank you so much for staying with me today. Moses, I know Aaron's smart, and I know Aaron can speak well, and I know Aaron is seemingly in the right place at the right time to lead the people out of bondage, but I did not call him. I called you. Somebody needs to hear your pastor right now. I'm almost done. Hear me. It's time that you stop thinking that God should use somebody else to perform the ministry that you know good and well he's called you to perform. Sure, there are other people more that are qualified. There are other people who are more outgoing. Maybe more people that are smarter, better organized, or more talented. But if God would have wanted them to perform the ministry, he would have called them. He called you. So you need to stop looking at everybody else in the body of Christ who you think could minister better and start releasing yourself to do what God has called you to do. I close. Every person in this room, as our music comes, every person in this room that's a part of the family of God has a purpose in the body. And we couldn't function properly as a body without you. For you are intricately tied in with all other members of the body. And I absolutely believe that God has called us to minister to the body in a certain form. Each of you in a certain form, in a certain fashion. And when we're obedient to that call, we will understand fully the full purpose of our life. But the problem is that even though God has called us to fulfill some things... And even though spiritual authority has been talking to us about fulfilling certain things, if you don't release yourself, it's never going to happen. Let's stand. we could just lift up our hands right now. If we could just close our eyes for a moment.